Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Here we go, here we go. A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. Hey there, Texans Unfiltered fans. This is a recording of our live stream the other day. Young Ari Gold took the night off for his wedding anniversary, so we took the time to introduce the rest of the team, including one of our newest members. Enjoy. We're sitting in a perfect position. We guys like Marlon Davidson, Neville Gallimore, those kind of defensive tackles that are more of the pass rush type, sitting right there for us. And so when we took Blacklock, who's kind of more of a run stuffer, and he's great at that. I will, I will give him that for sure. He's a great run stuffer. It was just a little bit... A little bit disappointing because I wasn't the style of player that I wanted. But after I'm doing my breakdowns and I've seen, so at first I watched like five games of him and I wasn't like in love with him. But I watched another five and I really love his game and I really see now how he fits DJ Reader's role kind of perfectly. He'll come in day one and he can stuff the hell out of the run. He'll be great against double teams, holding those down. And while he may not get off a lot of them and make a tackle, he's gonna leave. He's gonna hold those blocks to where those. Offensive linemen can't get to the second level and can't block linebackers. So that means Marjorie McKinney, Zach Cunningham, they're going to have free reigns from the running back. And that's going to be perfect for us. That's going to really help our run defense. So that's kind of where I grew on the pick, seeing where he comes in and he can replace DJ Reader's style in that way. And then he is an athletic dude, so I see his pass rushing potential. While it may not be there day one, it's definitely something he can grow into. What year of his tape did you really watch? Because for me, it was kind of eye-opening watching his um – I think it was the senior year, his his last year. I wasn't sure if he's a senior or a junior off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. But it looked like he was a two different players when he was um, younger, and he was um, the all big twelve, or yeah, all big twelve freshman. He looked like he really engaged in double teams a lot more, like a traditional uh, defensive tackle. But what jumped out to me about his more recent tape is since he's slimmed down, he lost about 25, 30 pounds. He looks a lot more slippery. Yeah, he definitely – so the big thing for me that people always say, like, oh, he had an Achilles injury. Like, how do you feel about that? And his last season in college, like, he looked super athletic. Like, it, you wouldn't even be able to tell that he had an Achilles. And I think, like you mentioned, him slimming down, it really showed up on tape. I think he's he weighed, weighed in at 290, I believe. And, yeah, like you said, he's it allows him to be explosive. It allows him to be slippery. He's really good at kind of slipping into the middle of like a double team where he's forcing both of the blockers to kind of hold on to him. So, um, so yeah, I, I looked at mainly his last season in college, and it was really great to see. I think I think it was just weird how the first five games I watched him, they weren't like his best games, but then his five, like, they just happened to be like a lot better. Like, he played a lot more consistent and better, so really it was great to see. Yeah, no, awesome. All right, well... Um, again, very, very excited about that. you got any thoughts you want to share with us on, um, on Gary and Conley? Since he was quite, quite the newsmaker when we didn't pick up his option. Yeah, so first about his option, um, I agree with the decision to decline it simply because of our cap space is a little bit tricky right now. And there are things we can do to fix that. But with Laramie Tunsil's new contract now in the books, Deshaun Watson got his option picked up for $17 million, I believe that's the number. And then you've got extensions coming for Deshaun, for Cunningham. It's really hard to commit another $10 million. That's what Gary Conley's option was. It's really hard to commit that number for a season when you know the cap space is going to be limited. And when you've only seen eight games of Conley. And don't get me wrong, those eight games were really great. He played really good, and I'll get into that in a second. But... Um, it's hard to commit that much amount of money before you've seen enough. And the thing is, just because we decline his option doesn't mean that we don't want him back. We can extend him mid-season if he continues to play this well, or we can still sign him at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, actually, before I got into like what I've seen in the film, what do you think about the decision to decline his option? I'm not actually a big fan of it. Um, watching how he played man last year, um, for the half season he was with us, if we get the player that we played, that how he played the last half of the season – playing predominantly man with the Texans. We're going to have to spend more than the uh, 10 point, I think it was 10.6, 10.7. It would be to pick up his, um, to pick up, to pick up his option. I mean, he played just, he did play significantly better, especially down the stretch than he did with the Raiders. Now, if he's the guy that he was the first half of the season with the Raiders, then yeah, you can't pay that guy that much. But 
second half. I get it. And so I understand from a business standpoint, it's like, well, which one do you bet on? Do you bet on him doing a whole season or do you bet on him regressing to back to where he was? So I'm of the opinion that I think that you want to try and sign him for a couple of years now um, before he hits free agency. But for him, it's a great opportunity to kind of bet on himself. Yeah, so I'm with you. I think he played extremely well with our in the second half of the season with us. I think the main thing that changed there is that he was playing a really zone-heavy scheme, the Raiders, and then he came here and he's playing man. And what I've seen from the film is he's really, really good at man coverage, specifically press. He's, he'll play off like decently well. It's not. I wouldn't say it's his best, but his press coverage in man is amazing. Like it's cornerback one level material where you can have him follow around a, a wide receiver wherever he goes. He was sticky. Like, he wasn't even getting targeted very much. Like, quarterbacks wouldn't even look his way. And when they did, and when he was beat, he was able to recover and make a play on the ball, and that's a great quality of his. That was actually the thing that stood out to me the most with him. It's yeah. just uncanny ball awareness on recovery, knowing when to turn his head around right at the perfect time and when to get his hand up right at the perfect time. And there's an art to that. That's reading the receiver, reading how the receiver's reacting. And, I mean – I'm not even sure that can be coached. Some corners have it, some don't, and Conley definitely has it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's more of an instinct thing. It's really hard to coach that into someone. And at first when I saw that, I kind of saw it as like a negative, that like, oh, he was getting beat so much, but he was able to recover. I was kind of seeing like the beat, the getting beaten part, but I wasn't seeing as much of like, oh, he's recovering and actually making a play on the ball. Which like, if you think about it, like every corner is going to get beat eventually. You can't always play perfect coverage. So the ability to recover, like you said, make a play on the ball, that's great. And so, yeah, like we've been saying, if he keeps up this play, I think you can't wait till free agency. I think you got to pay him. you got to give him that extension in the middle of the season. And the thing with picking up the option is, like, he's still going to be, you know. If either if you sign him to a deal now, then he'll, make the, he'll start making, whatever, $12, 15000000 million now instead of making the ten. But if you sign him later, he'll still make if – sorry, if you accept the option, he'll make 10, and then he's still going to make that money later. So it's just like you're delaying the money. So I don't know. I don't think it's that big well, of a deal for It's me. another year with him. It's, yeah. And what it, what's the rules on it now? It's fully guaranteed. Um, is it fully guaranteed even with injury or in case of injury? I think it's in case of injury, yeah. In case of injury. So I don't know. I thought, I thought it was safer to go ahead and pick it up, but – I, again, I've said this many times. I'm not as smart as the Texans' front office. I just get to sit here and second-guess them and kind of talk about it after the fact. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, I'm definitely excited for both of those breakdowns. Um, again, you'll get to see a lot more detail than what me and Jordan just talked about. So, again, look out for Texans' thought all over Twitter and make sure once those come out that you read them and, you know, definitely learn something. All right. So we are at the halfway point of the off season. So how are you feeling, man? Are we doing good? Are we doing bad? Is it as apocalyptic as the national media is making us out to be? What's your What's your general feeling right now? I'm very excited. I really want the season to start already. I think the media is blowing our drama out of the water. And with all the kind of dramatic moves and that's happened, I think it's really easy for people to forget that we were up 24 nothing on the eventual Super Bowl winners. You know, and yeah, we didn't close oh, out the game. Forget. I definitely forget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so yeah, we didn't close out the game, but we, it doesn't discredit us going up twenty-four nothing. We still did that. That still happened, right? And so clearly, we have a team here, and with the growth of the young guys, the additions that we made, I think we've got a very good team to be excited about. No, I, what about you? I definitely agree. I think that this has been an off-season all about depth, and for years and years and years and years. I say years and years, four four years since we've had this podcast. We've said the biggest problem with the Texans, um, even outside the quarterback position, had always been depth. Um, It was a very Mm top-heavy, very, very top-heavy roster. That the best guys, we at one point had the best wide receiver in football. At one point, we had the best defensive end in football. At one point, we had the best run-stopping outside linebacker in football. We had one of the best corners in football, or one of the uh, top ten corner. And we had a top five um, quarterback. Granted, there was uh, the quarterback the, uh, and the corner, um, they didn't overlap. But we never really got anywhere with that sort of star power. It was still the same thing. Um, get to the first round and, you know, barely squeak by in the first round if we do win or we lose in the first round. 
and then we're out. So regardless, we, we all kind of knew we weren't going anywhere. Well, I may not necessarily agree with how we've gotten there, but with the roster we currently have, I think this is the deepest team we've had in a very long time. And so overall, I'm fairly happy about that. The, uh, the free agency and even the, even the draft were all about building depth. It wasn't about building the next star player. It was about building depth. And with that, Jordan, we're, what is, no, uh, I mean, a top five under 25 quarterback. Uh, so Deshaun Watson, when he's been healthy, has been a top five quarterback. So just to answer Tony Yayo. And still with a quarterback with that, that talented, I mean, yeah, we did get up 24 nothing on the Chiefs, but we won one playoff game. The year before, we got absolutely humiliated by the Colts. So Deshaun and couldn't do it alone. And he shouldn't have had to do it alone based on the talent that was around him. However, injuries, because it's football, that top heaviness almost would be a liability at the end of the year because everybody was hurt. Everybody was dealing with injuries where if you have depth, you spread out the injuries. And hopefully, because you don't rely on so many on individuals as much, that maybe they don't get hurt because you're not putting such a back-breaking amount on them. Yeah, I'm with that for sure. I think we got a lot of depth at, at wide receiver, at cornerback, on the D-line, and the O-line, too, is pretty good in terms of depth. So I'm with you there for sure. You know, injuries are bound to happen, but we're definitely better suited this year to handle that. Yeah, at this point going into the season, I would think that we are the in the best spot that we've been in a while, that if somebody, that a key contributor gets hurt, it's not the end of the world. Right now yeah. it's kind of like as long as Deshaun's healthy, there's enough depth around him that we should be all right. Now the question is what happens to Deshaun? which is a, a story for another day. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I, McCarron, baby. I mean, McCarron looked all right for a couple of drives against the Titans, and I, the Titans yeah. did. I mean, let's – actually, let's – we can kind of talk about that real quick because it was kind of overlooked. We played our B squad against the Titans team that went to the AFC Championship when that game was very much a playoff game to them. And yeah. as much as people have kind of, you know – disrespected our backup quarterback. He went out there and looked very good against a, a defense that would go on to shut down Brady and would shut down Lamar Jackson. And again, they had to win that game. That was a playoff game for them. So maybe maybe we need to hire, hold him in a little bit higher of regard than we do. Yeah, I mean, Adrian McCarron's always been a pretty talented quarterback. He's always been a backup. But I think the thing is that there's a lot worse that you can do than McCarron, basically, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> He showed that he, he can keep his head above the water, and as long as the scheme is good and he's got playmakers around him, he's got a good O-line around him, he can do the job. He can get the job done and kind of just be okay if Deshaun does go down. Which is all we're hoping for. If Deshaun goes yep. down, it's for a game or two, and AJ can just help us survive. Um, well, what's been your favorite move so far? Like, what are, you, what are you really happy with so far with what they've done? Yeah, so my favorite move was the Brandon Cooks trade. So at the end of the season, I was a big advocate of wanting the Texans to operate like Will Fuller wasn't even on the roster. You know, I really hope he can stay healthy, but he's yet to prove that. So, and for me, it was just really inexcusable how different of a team we were without him, specifically on offense. But when we were playing, you know, he's an elite deep threat, and our offense was consistently, like, producing at, like, a top-five level. It was great. It looked like completely different play calling, and it was borderline, like, unstoppable. It was, it was really great to watch. But when he was out, we kind of changed up that style. We went to more of like a quick pass, passing offense, and we were awful. It produced like a bottom five offense. So going like being that volatile with one player, inexcusable to me. And so we really couldn't deal with another season of that, so I'm happy that we don't have to now with Brandon Cooks being an elite deep threat. And so if Fuller does inevitably get injured, then Cooks can step right in and fill that role. Nothing will have to change. We can still run the same offense. And, yeah, so I'm really excited about Cooks. Um, I love that he's a lead deep threat, but then people also underrate how good of a route runner he is and his hands, too. His hands are solid. Like, I don't know why people complain about his drops. Um, he didn't produce well last year, but that's really just because Goff played awful and their O-line was awful, and there's not much that Cooks can do to control that. But you look back at his year before, his first year with the Rams, when he played with the Patriots, like, he's been great all his career. And Deshaun's a great deep ball thrower. He's going to find him a lot when he's open, and he's going to be a star for us, I think. Oh, definitely, and I think that that was one part that's kind of overlooked. When Fuller got hurt, it wasn't just the – it wasn't just Fuller as a wide receiver with his talent level. 
it was how we changed our offense. And granted, part of that is because of what Fuller could do, but it's also part of that is we went to a – we tried to stretch the field – we didn't try to stretch the field vertically as much. I'm so sorry. Uh, Jordan, are you – something like, sounds like you're opening a wrapper. Um, you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. Um, okay, I'm not plugging and replugging the mic. Okay. Hey, Cody! Hey, what's up? So we're about 20 minutes in. Um, did you actually look at the at the temp, at the uh, agenda at all? I am pulling it up now. Okay, awesome. Um, so we're kind of talking right now um, what everybody's or what Jordan's favorite moves of the offseason have been. So I'm just going to have you jump in. What's been your favorite move so far? Um, okay. Well, I actually really like the Randall Cobb move. Um, um, the Randall Cobb move, I think, gives us a actual solid starter at the corner. Or, sorry, the slot slot uh, wide receiver position, which I don't think we've had in a very long time. Um, and I think that's going to be a real big game changer for OB's offense. Um, it's going to help us really open up the field, take the short routes, whatnot. Um, and other than that, um, Timmy Jernigan, I think, is going to be a pretty good signing for us as well. Um, some disru- disruption up in the middle, some pass rush, solid ability to stop the run. Um, if he can figure out his penalties, then I think it'll be a really solid, uh, re- really solid uh, signing. Yeah, um, Eagles fans seem to think that we are absolutely going to love uh, is it Jer- Jernigan. Jernigan. Jernigan, I believe it's Jernigan. Yeah, uh, y'all, I can't even get names right of players that have been on the team for four years, much less four weeks. So just bear with me. Is Jordan, you back, man? Yeah, is my Michael again? Yep, there we go. Okay, perfect. All right. Um, for those of you that are not familiar, um, if you're on the stream, Sputnik is Cody. He's our pretty much the wizard behind our website. Um, he makes it look look great. And he did it for a very low fee, so we always need to give him as much appreciation as we can. Um, and he's also Hello. the guy that inspired the uh, positive vibes only. If you weren't there, then you really missed out on quite a show from him. But positive vibes only is definitely an all Cody thing, and we're going to take it and we're going to run with it. That definitely works with me. <laughs> all right, man. So, uh, Jordan, what's been your favorite draft pick? Uh, my favorite draft pick was Jonathan Grenard in the third round. I think he was one of the best value picks that we had. I don't think we reached at all. I think it was perfect. And I think he's a really great edge rusher. My favorite thing about him is how he rushes with a plan. And so it's one thing, like, people always knock him because he's not a great athlete. But I feel like most of those athletes who are pass rushers, they just kind of rely on their athleticism to win. And you can't really do that at the National Football League. And so with Grenard, he's great at rushing with the plan. He always knows what move he's going to use. And he's got a wide array of moves, and he's really good at using those with his violent hands, and they're strong. And so that's my favorite part about his game is that that's going to translate to the NFL really well. And he's also just a well-rounded player. He's good in the run game, too. And I think he can start day one. He can take Brendan Scarlett's spot, and he'll be great off the end of those. Yeah, he's – Grenard, actually, until I read your article, was my least favorite pick. Um, well, maybe heck, but definitely – Grenard was Grenard was up there. Um, he's not very athletic. Um, when you usually one of the things that I kind of watch um, for is players that really jump off the screen. And the only game of his I watched was when they played South Carolina. And I honestly I didn't even know he was there. However, between your article and then just kind of sitting back and uh, reading Bill O'Brien's uh, comments on him, he's going to play Sam. Sam means he doesn't have to be the best. He doesn't have to be the edge rusher, and it's kind of my defense of taking Grenard over some of the guys that have higher ceilings as edge rushers is he's going to be a better coverage linebacker than them. So, yeah, I think that he's very well-rounded, and I blame you. Um, no, he's uh, he's Whitney. If Whitney could actually – so Tony Yeo just asked, is Grenard a younger Whitney Merciless? And I would say he would be a younger Whitney Merciless if he was less of a pass rusher and better at coverage. Yeah, I kind of see that. I, that was like, I don't really like um, player comparisons, but Fair obviously enough. you have to do them every once in a while. But uh, yeah, Whitney Merciless is definitely the one that I was thinking about because it's kind of like a less athletic pass rusher who's, who's really good with his hands. And then, yeah, like you said, like I think Bill O'Brien mentioned that they liked his um, his ability to drop in coverage in the senior bowl. 
And so I didn't get to rewatch the Senior Bowl, but I'm going to go over that later. And um, I guess because I know Brendan Scarlett had to drop a lot in coverage, and you really don't want him doing that. So if you can bring in anyone else, honestly, it'll be great. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. With some of the zone blitzes we had, we had DJ Reader dropping coverage. Yeah. And for years when they would try and put uh, both Clowney and Whitney out on the field at the same time, one of them would have to drop in the coverage. It's just the nature of it. And people were always ready to flip their tables whenever either of them hap- when either when either one would do it, and somebody had to do it. Um, what about you, Cody? Who's been your favorite pick? Well, one, there's something to be said about seeing DJ Reader trying to cover. It's just a good sight. Um, okay, but uh, my favorite pick. Well, I mean, Blackhawk was kind of my draft crush, and I'm so happy we got him. Um, but really, you were on that train right away. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, every mock draft I made and I, Blacklock came down, I was picking him. I, I, Why is that? Why were you so instantly in love with him? Um, I just really think he fit I – I think he fit an immediate need and one that I think a lot of people – I think he fit two needs. One, he fit a hole, somewhat of a hole that DJ Reader fit uh, – he, he fills the hole of DJ Reader in a very little bit. Not of course, he's not DJ Reader. He's not going to be a run stuffer in that in that sense. But he's going to be someone that can line up in the middle, and most importantly about him, get solid disruption um, on the quarterback. That might not always result in sacks, but we've really been missing that. DJ would could kind of do that. He get very few times when he'd get the opportunity. Um, but it's going to be nice to see some actual solid disruption, someone to push the pockets. That way all these quarterbacks can just stop step, stepping up and getting away from, uh, you know, J.J. and Witt and hopefully now Grenard. Oh, um, but, but outside of uh, outside of him, uh, John Reed, John Reed seems awesome. And, uh, I mean, I'm a huge gamer, so, like, his huge gaminess is also a cool thing to see. Um, but John Reed seems amazing. Hey, Preston, how are you, man? I'm doing all right. Oh, welcome. It's been a long time since I've seen you guys. Yeah, this is your first time actually on the stream, isn't it? Yeah, I've only been involved for like two years and first first in-person appearance. There we go. Um, For those of you not familiar, this is Preston, um, especially on podcasts because you can't see that he just jumped on. Preston does all of our editing behind the scenes. He's also the guy that kind of kicks me and James in the butt sometimes to get things done. So welcome on to the uh, on, on the show, Preston. Oh, yeah. We're just kind of discussing right now what's been our favorite moves and our favorite um, draft pick. So this offseason, have you liked anything we've done? Um, I'd say that I've... I've really enjoyed uh, just kind of listening to a lot of the conversations going on in terms of the draft. I've never been a big um, draft analyst or anything like that. I've just been a big fan. Um, I'd say I'm really excited about um, David Johnson and Duke Johnson together. Um, And I don't know. It's... I was talking to you guys earlier about how the on the offensive side of the ball, the moves that Bob made this spring screams out to me, compete with the Chiefs, compete with the Chiefs. And, and I think that um, I think that if, if, you know, if people look at that uh, mindset, I think, I think that he's done a pretty good job of, of developing a diverse offensive set. Definitely. I would actually say that it's similar to similar to how the Rockets had a single-minded obsession with going after the Warriors. Bill O'Brien may be developing a little bit of that to go after the Chiefs. Um, definitely with the uh, guys we've brought into play, or the receivers we've brought in, and even David Johnson to an extent. And one of the and one of the things I really like about David Johnson um, was his ability to run a to actually run a deep route at running back. Uh, two years ago, we had a discussion about whether or not Lamar Miller was actually a quality pass catching bla- uh, catch passing back, and one of the things that was talked about was he never dropped a pass. However, um, from shoot <laughs> from Texans draft 
Texans drafts article today. He had brought up a, uh, a clip that showed David Johnson running a deep route. That was very, very similar to the route that I pointed out with Lamar Miller when Lamar Miller ran that route and just got absolutely lost with the ball in the air. And David Johnson doesn't get lost. He's actually able to turn his head around, find the ball, make the catch, and make the play. And to me, that's the biggest difference. It's not necessarily the drops. It's can you catch the pass when it's there? Does that, that actually doesn't sound like it makes any sense whatsoever, does it? <laughs> I mean, David Johnson spent, what was it, his freshman year in college as a wide receiver before he transitioned over to running back or something close to that. Um, we were talking earlier about how he's probably the person that has the best hands on our team right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, I mean, you got I, any thoughts I, on Eric Murray? Oh, God, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Uh, I don't think anyone understood why he signed that, why he was given that contract, and I still don't think we have any answers. Maybe it looks better now that Gibson's cut, but I feel like that still doesn't make it make up for giving a bad player a large contract. Um, I really hope there's another move that we're making in terms of safeties because I really don't want to see him starting, but it'll be interesting. That's <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean. Since they cut Gip, who's going to be our starting safety? I'm not even sure he's on the roster yet. Eric Murray? No, no, no. Our starting safety. Eric Murray is on the oh, roster, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whomever's going to be our starting, the other safety, are they actually on the roster yet? Um, let's see. Next one up is, let me start this off with uh, Cody. Who, do you think we've actually progressed enough to be more than just a speed bump? on the way for whatever teams go to the AFC Championship? Um, it's hard to say. Um, I, I don't think our team is complete just because, I mean, we've got a limited experience of Bill O'Brien, the general manager, but he's always stressing in um, interviews that roster building is a continual year-long process. So I, 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 at this moment, I would probably say – we've got some exploitable holes. I think we're overall, and this is probably going to get a lot of people upset, but I think we're a better team now than we were at the end of last season. I do believe that we're a better team. I think we have more depth all over the field. I think um, if we can get some healthy players of like J.J. Watt and Blacklock make an actual difference, then we can – I think we're in a lot better spot than many people think on defense. So I, I think we're a better team now. Is it going to be enough to get over the Chiefs, the Ravens? Um, who knows? I I, I, I I have a lot of hope that it is, though. But I'm the biggest optimist of this group. Isn't that crazy to say that we are a better team now than we were at the end of the year is a hot take? It's so – I mean, like – if I put that on Twitter, I'd probably get 700 retweets, and I have zero followers. So, yeah, it's it's weird. I like, I mean, everyone's of course upset about the Hopkins trade, and I which is understandable. I mean, it, it really is. There's an emotional attachment there. There's even just the discussion of compensation, which I don't really want to get into right now. But I get every everyone has a right to be upset with that. I totally get that. But I still think if you can look past that initial anger of that, we're in a really good spot. But, again, I'm always coming on to this podcast and saying that. So I'm the eternal optimist. No, definitely. I mean, let's let's be real here that we may – here's the problem with – I mean, we've talked about it to death. So I'm just going to say it is tough to trade a top five receiver, probably top three receiver – who has not regressed. There is no regression there. That is a weak-ass excuse. However, to come out on the other end and to say that we are definitely the better team now from before the trade to after the trade. Now, that's tough to say, and it almost hurts my heart to say it because I love top, but it, I, I agree with you, Cody. I do think we're a better team. Uh, Preston, what do you think? You're a little bit more, more dry, a little bit more real, I think? Um, I don't know. You know... I don't know if I told I don't know if Cody heard this, but I told James I was like, "Yo, I've got to become a Bengals fan now that DJ Reader's moved on." Um, 
So I don't know. If the team doesn't work out, I might uh, I might get a bunch of orange and black and, you know. It's going to be a cold, hard existence for you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, y'all are already aware that I may start wearing a Niner shirt on here. I I don't uh, even know anybody else on the team or, like, I don't I don't know anything about Cincinnati, but DJ Reader's up there. He's my boy. Um, no, I'd say I don't, I don't think that, you know, I, I, I want to hear Jordan on uh, on his thoughts of how, you know, of Bob. That's why um, I'm saving him for last. Just in general. <laughs> um, I, I'm kind of always a pessimist. Um, I kind of look at things at a very, like, basic business-level transaction, and I think that a lot of the stuff that Bob's done over the past two years has been, like, very um, uh, risk assessment-based and trying to um, pick up talent that's undervalued, like carry on Conley pickup. Um, I felt like last year all of those I think still now um, picks are somewhat overvalued. And uh, so, so last year that Bob was able to get all these trades for picks, um, I think he got a crop of solid players that are ready to perform at the highest level um, that he didn't have to train and that he didn't have to wait the next year to pick them up. And uh, so I think that they're just generally last year was a big uh, undervalued for um, uh, for these trade picks. And so I, I just think that kind of in general, I see a lot of the things that he does and I see, hey, this, you know, a lot of it's risk assessment, a lot of it's not pretty. Um, and so I try to, that's what I see a lot of the time. And, you know, I'm by no means an expert, you know, um, but I can kind of see the idea behind the movement. Um, and, you know, I don't know. There's a reason that I don't gamble. It's like I, I'm i not a big risk uh, guy. But, you know, I, that's I, at least I have felt that it, the moves he's made has made sense. You know, whether they're going to work out, you know. Depends on how we what record we end up with, right? Yeah. But um, ultimately, that's how I feel. Well, no, fair enough. Um, the NFL is greatly considered to be a very conservative league based on front office transactions. Um, front offices are very, very unlikely to step outside the norm. So I do actually give that a point in Bill O'Brien's favor that he is he's kind of breaking the norm. He is being a lot more aggressive than pretty much anyone else in the NFL right now. I mean, it's become completely – I mean, we saw the tweet before the draft, totally on brand. The Texans are looking to move up. So that's the reputation that he's built them with. And I'm actually – in some ways, I mean, it sucks that it, we got rid of Hop, but I'm actually – I would rather have that because we also fussed about the other end where we didn't do anything all off season. Um, Jordan, I'm kind of bracing myself because you're going to – Probably come down a little bit harder than the rest of us did. Uh, uh, where, yeah. where are you at? Okay, so I'll give you my um, my Bill O'Brien take first. I'm not a fan. I'm surprised he has fans left. Honestly, not a fan of how he he lets his emotions take over his decisions a lot of the time, and that leads to bad business decisions. Fair. And his biggest thing this season and recently has just been his. He's mortgaging the future, right? He, he's almost like he's destroying some capital to the point where it's like no one else who's coming for his job is going to want that job because they don't have any draft picks. They don't have cap space, right? So it's like he's it's almost like he's making it an unattractive job. Um, and so, yeah, there's going to be trades where you can say he's overpaid and that you don't agree with. But at the end of the day, and I'm like a pessimist kind of at heart too, but at the end of the day, I'm tired of, of complaining about Bill O'Brien. I don't want to have to keep doing that. That's not what I want to do. I want to have, like, a positive view on the team. I am excited for the team. And the thing is that he's our head coach. He's our GM. That's, we're not, we can't do anything about that until the season starts. You know, he could get fired after the first game, great. But until then, he's still our coach, so we're going to stick with it. 
and I'm going to try and get excited about what he has brought to the team. And I think that's a lot of good things. I think if he can use those talents that he's added to their proper ability and utilize it with the scheme and everything, I think we've got a good team. We've got something to, to be excited about and a potential contender for sure. I'd like to push you a little bit on your comment of uh, mortgaging the future. Um, I guess I just don't understand that concept. I mean, I I get I get it, but ultimately, like when it comes to Laramie Tunsil, and uh, I think that you know every year every team gets first round pick, right? Well, you know we have a top three left tackle, so you know. Is and and that deal included um, Kenny Stills, so you know it was more than so it was two players for three picks, right? Um, and I just think you know when you have when you know you have a top three quarterback um, in the league, and you know you aren't going to spend picks on court, first round picks on quarterbacks, and you know that you need to protect him. Um, I think that there's a lot of teams that waste, like, a th- like out of 10 years, they'll pick three different first-round quarterbacks um, just to try to see how many quarterbacks they can pick up and see what works. And it's like, you know, two picks on a on a top top of the line left tackle um, is I. I I don't know. I, I it seems like to me it's like that makes some sense to me. Now I know that when in doing that they basically guaranteed that they would pay him the biggest contract. Um, they would reset the market with with the largest con- left tackle contract. So that that's definitely an argument that you can make. But I'm curious what you think. About yeah. That. So for me, I'm with you. I think if you look at the amount of like picks that we've given up. So Miami had our 26th pick in the first round, so what they picked that, and they picked a tackle. You know, they picked a tackle to replace Laramie Tunsil, and that tackle, he's not going to be half as good as Tunsil is right now, and he's probably not going to be as good next year. And the same with our next year's first-round pick. If they take another tackle that year, which probably won't, they'd be really stupid too, but if they do, to try and, again, replace Tunsil, he's probably not going to be as good as Tunsil either. And so I get that point of it, but the thing with wanting to protect Deshaun is that, yeah, you got a top three left tackle, but the sack numbers didn't really go down that much. And it just kind of shows that adding that one player, even if he's a star player and one of the best at his position, protecting the quarterbacks is more than just one player. There's five guys on the offensive line who can still contribute to that. There's Deshaun who, you know, some people will say he holds the ball too long. He's got to throw it away, so that can help the sacks too. I think a lot of it's also the scheme. He was running the same damn route, no one getting open, so Deshaun has nowhere to go. So, you know, I love adding Hunsel. I think it was a move. It was a great move. Adding him, the price, sure, it could have been a little bit lower. But at the end of the day, what the goal was was to protect Deshaun, and it marginally got better by adding that one player. And I just don't know. With that big of a cost, is that I'm really a... That, by the way, because they went down by, like, 20 sacks. And we went from like 60 to 44, I think was the difference, which is 15. That's not marginal. That's like near 20% difference of going down to me. I'm not good at math. I'm an art major. Um, but still, that like 15 sacks, that's a lot of hits that he's not taking. Um, and it's not always, it's not just one player because we also have Titus Howard, so it's hard to really equate the amount of difference we made. Um, that that just Tunsil made, but um, that was my only point there. I, I think Tunsil, I, the impact was larger than you're giving it credit for is my only thing. Um, I think we actually had a really decent pass protection this year, and you were getting into some of the things with with wide receivers not running, what all gets into to his back, and I, I do think a lot of it was more on outside factors other than the offensive line itself. I'll, I'll pause there. Yeah, well, I and I would I sure. would counter back Cody just because I like playing devil's advocate. Um, Deshaun Watson's numbers were almost identical this year versus last year. Um, he had two more interceptions, but other than that, like his yardage, his completion percentage, everything else straight through the board was almost identical, with better protection. So. 
Do you know where um some so Tony said in the chat went down to forty four do you know where it ranked in the league? I don't know if anyone knows. Because, like, was that still in, like, the bottom, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait, what was, like, what, was, what were you asking for? So, we were saying that, so Tony in the chat put that the sack, the sack down from 62 to 44, and I'm just wondering if anyone knows where that ranked, and, like, was that still, like, near the bottom of the league? Because, like, it was great yeah, if it's going down to everyone in the league went down. I don't remember the sack number. I do remember, I mean, you can cherry pick. I'm going to check it. You can you can end up cherry picking any stat to tell a story you want, and I do remember yeah. reading a stat. It was like PFF's pass block win rate, and we were top five. Like by the end of the season, we were top five. We might have finished top six or something like that in pass block win rate. Win rate. So the offensive line was like winning at the line of scrimmage at a very good rate. Um, yeah, so the, uh, the most the offensive line was like winning at the line of scrimmage. For the uh, postseason, we gave up the most amount of sacks. Um, Can you see where that goes? There is this. I hear that echo through. There we go. Um, just for the postseason, we gave up the most. We gave up 12. The next best team was the Vikings, and they gave up 9. And then for the regular season, no, we did not have Titus Howard. That is that needs to be said. True. True. Yeah. And the regular season, the uh, Panthers gave up 58 sacks, and we're not even a top ten. We are actually we're number eight. So the Panthers gave up 58, which was the most in the league. We gave up 49. Yeah, so that's still like in the bottom there, and I get that it got better for sure, and I don't think the O line was the main problem. Um, I think, like we've been talking about, the scheme, scheming wide receivers open better. Deshaun kind of throwing with more anticipation. I think that's a big thing, and just hitting his check down sooner too. Because I know he wants the big play, and it's great when you get the big highlight play. But sometimes you just have to take what the defense gives you. And I think that's something he'll learn. Like he's still a super young quarterback. He's really only played two and a half years, so he'll really learn from his mistakes. Granted, one bit of good news with that is we were not top ten in QB hits. Uh, only ninety-three uh, QB hits allowed. Um, which put us actually at number 12. So there's something. And the other end of the, uh, the, other end of the spectrum is I've heard the offensive line has a bigger impact on the running game. We probably had our most efficient rushing season. That's not it really felt that way. Like, just watching the season, it felt effective. I don't have any numbers in front of me to confirm that, but... That, that's all I have for it. We had our first 1,000-yard rusher, and, well, no, Lamar Miller had 1,000 yards two years ago. I'm looking up right now. Carlos Hyde, he had a 4.4 yards per carry, and that's really good compared to what we've been having before, where Lamar was, like, barely at four. Yeah. Like, he's kind of, like, right below that. So, yeah, it was definitely a lot better for sure. Uh, Jordan, I'll, I'll throw back... I'll bring back up the uh, mortgaging the uh, future. Um, are there any other like, – are there any – what examples would you bring up uh, to – I don't know, I guess justify that point? Yeah, I guess the other trades that we made for giving up a third-round pick for Gary Conley, and, yeah, you got a nice, great young player in return who – I like that trade, honestly. I'm not that mad at that, but – Giving up another big one for me was giving up the third round pick for David for Duke Johnson, and you probably won't find a bigger Duke Johnson fan than me. I love him, but if we're gonna not utilize him that much, if we're gonna only be using him on third down and not even really having him run routes downfield, who he's also a really great downfield runner. If we're not gonna be using him, why are we paying that big of a price for a running back, for a backup running back? You know, we're, that's something you can get so much later in the draft or for cheap. So I think those two trades where you're talking about giving up all this draft capital. And like we talked about the Kenny Stills part of it, it's basically like the trade was basically two first-rounders for Laramie Tunstall and then a second-rounder for Kenny Stills. I think that's how kind of the consensus has come to about it, right? And a second-round pick for Kenny Stills, he gives us great insurance, but he, the rumors were that the Dolphins were about to cut him. 
So like, I don't know. It's just it's overpaying in these little things like that where he's really mortgaging the futures by giving up all this draft capital. Right? We don't have a first round pick or a second round pick next year, and it's just it's not looking good. I mean, that's how you rebuild your teams when you are in bad cap space. Um, and you need those cheaper contracts to get depth and good players like a position positions of need. So I don't think yeah. we're in bad cap space though. Like coming into last year, we were in one of the best cap space. I don't think Laramie Tunsil's deal is as bad as most people are making it out to be. We have, I mean, we're like right in the middle of the pack right now when it comes to the amount of free cap space. Um, I think this cap space, I think this. Uh, yeah, we have to pay Deshaun Watson, but we've literally been planning on this for the last two years. We've been what we finished. We went into this offseason with sixty million or so in cap space. Yeah, we went into the yep. offseason number two in cap space, but you can't. Yeah. We can't have the cap space discussion until Deshaun signs his contract. That's true, but like, I always find it fun. Like, I'm just not big about watching other people's wallets. Um, I love what we have as far as on the team right now. Um, the cap is always rising, too. So, like, when it comes to a conversation, it's like, oh, he's got a giant contract right now. In two years, or in, like, two years, we won't give a shit about it. Yeah, we'll it. have like, the, uh, the D-Hop situation again. Yeah. I was a wide receiver three years ago, and now... He was on one of the most affordable contracts until he obviously wanted a raise, but he was on one of the most affordable wide receiver contracts in the NFL within two to three years from signing a monster contract. Like I, 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 I get it's like it's it's a salary cap league. It's a big thing to be concerned about. But we've seen what the Saints be negative in cap space and still make all these crazy random roster moves and co- contract restructures. It, it's just a we can do all these weird accounting tricks. It's just a number. Um, and at the end of the day, like we can make something work. Um, if we have to cut a player, they'll definitely not be someone that we can't replace, I don't think. Yeah, I guess just piggybacking off of that, just trying to keep it positive, I guess. Um, <laughs> we can, so Wendy Merciless has an out in his contract after the 2021 season. It'll just be $3 million dead cap. I don't know about you guys, but I wasn't the, the biggest fan of that contract, so that's, that's one way we can save a lot of money. Love, I, I love Whitney, but that's a horrible contract. I love Whitney. Right. That's a horrible I love contract. Whitney. I love his restaurant. Shout out, shout out to Whitney's restaurant. It's delicious. You should go there. Um, I just he's, love like, he's two years older than JJ, right? Uh, Whit, yeah, he's 31. a year and a half or something. He's 31, like, and JJ just turned 30. 30, yeah. He's literally one of my favorite Texans of all time. I love Whitney. Yeah, I mean, I love to, I love him, and I love to hear him talk, but it's still a bad, bad contract for what it is. I mean, yeah. this is no disrespect to Whitney. I'm, he's never really relied too much on his athleticism, so he may have a longer career, but that contract was unnecessary. I just want to throw in one quick point off the Duke Johnson and Kenny Stills. Um, so, yeah, you, there's definitely the argument that, um, you know, if you direct comparison of Kenny Stills in second round and Duke in the third round, you could say, hey, you could get that level of performance later in the draft. Um, I'll say, you know, the experience of being a veteran, I think, kind of makes up for it. So in, in this last year, in this win-now mode, it's like, you know, um, you're you you have to pay more in order to get that value um, than what it would be worth later on, um, and and you know what if 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 our defense would have held the Chiefs to thirty points, you no, know it would have been in the AFC Championship. Don't bring it up. Please don't bring it up. <laughs> Too well, late. It just, it's All just right. like it's like we you know. Like, like we we were really close to a Super Bowl, and so it's like we lost to the Super Bowl winning team. I think. Yeah, and so so it's like there's, there's like no the goal of I'm going to trade I'm going to trade away future value for win now value. Like it, to me, it made sense because it was like you know I personally once you get to like the top eight teams, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like you know if you have a bad day, that can end your that can end your run. And so it's like, you know, it, it, just getting to that point and, and having that shot to make it to the Super Bowl was, is, you know, I don't know. I, I think that – I guess that's how I look at the justification of 
hey, Kenny's stills might not be as good as some players in the second round this year, but, you know, he was ready to play, and he was impactful on the team right when they got him. So that's kind of how I think of it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and tie a bow on on this session because we're actually running out of time. Um, Just quick, yes or no, I'm going to go around to each one of you all real quick. If we are pretenders or if we're contenders, um, say, if you actually think we're a contender this year, say yes. If we're still pretenders, then just say no. Jordan. Yes, we are contenders. Cody. As long as we have Deshaun, we're contenders. Preston. I agree. There we go. See? All that talking, we all agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think... Oh, sorry. I, was, I think we all... I mean, at the end of the day, we might have different opinions on some things, but we're still Texans fans. Yeah, definitely. So what... Yeah, that's what we're going to I'll get... Uh, I'll let Jordan lead off on this one. What team scares you the most other than the Chiefs? Actually, you know what? Let's just keep this in the AFC South. What team scares you the most in the AFC South? Because if you make the playoffs, again, it becomes kind of a random tournament. So we want to continue to win the AFC South. What team do you think is going to threaten us the most? Um, I think the most threatening team has got to be the Titans. You know, they had the most success last year. And while I don't believe entirely in Ryan Tannehill, I think he's going to come back down to earth. I think the stats that he put up last year were just, they're just hard to repeat. They were just too crazy for me. But they have, they have a good formula with running ball, keeping the ball out of Deshaun's hands with Derrick Henry. And that offensive line is pretty damn good. So that run game is strong. And they have a decent enough defense. And if the rumors are true and if Clowney signs with the Titans, they're going to be scary. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. So if y'all aren't familiar with the rumor, the rumor is the only team that he's going to take less money for is the Titans. He'll take a less money short-term deal because he believes Rabel can get the most out of him. Um, he believes Rabel will help him get to the uh, check that he wants. Clowney is after money. Um, I've actually got friends that have confirmed that. Clowney wants to get paid. He still believes that he is that number one player, that number one hype player. Like, he still believes this in his heart, and he's going to get that contract. He well, feels like he deserves. And, hey, I love Clowney. Like, no disrespect yeah. to the man. Yeah. The only team that he's going to take a contract for less is because he loves Rabel. So him going to the Titans is a realistic and a scary possibility. Uh, Cody, what do you think? Um, I'm not really worried about any of the teams in the AFC South, really. Um, I view a lot of the Titans when I view a lot of the Titans' success last season as a lot of flukiness. We let them basically into the playoffs. We let them into the playoffs. That needs to be said. If we actually would have played our starters, they wouldn't have been in the playoffs or in the AFC. Uh, they wouldn't have been in the AFC Championship or in the playoffs, period. They finished a 9-7 again for the third year in a row. All of Tannehill's success, and they still finished 9-7. They basically steamrolled a hungover Ravens team to get there. And then, yeah, they got their fucking ass kicked by the, the Chiefs. Anyway, like I'm not really worried about the, the, the Titans. I think they've also lost a considerable amount of talent on their team, specifically defense. And that hasn't that won't be answered until Clowney is signed, if he is signed. And if we look at the team as it is now, I am not worried about their team. We have consistently shown that we can stop Derrick Henry in the run game. Not worried about the Titans. Uh, I fully expect to revisit this video in six months and be eating my words. Colts... <laughs> Uh, uh, I think, like, Philip Rivers is, is a question mark. I don't think he's going to provide a considerable different, a considerable performance increase than um, Brissett, but I do think he will be better. At the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm not sold on the Colts. I do not think the Colts are a contender. I, I think they have a lot of holes, particularly on defense. They still don't have any proven talent and weapons for, for Rivers, like, T.Y. Hilton, who can't stay healthy, and then Marlon Mack, who also can't stay healthy and is a tier two running back. They don't have many weapons to surround Rivers with. Um, I guess they – I'm not super familiar with their draft, but They picked up whatever. Jonathan Taylor. He's pretty good. If Jonathan Taylor, that'll, that'll be immediate. He's pretty different. good. They'll run the ball. They'll be well, but just, I'm not – they don't have a balanced attack. I don't think they have a balanced team. 
I'm not worried. And then the Jags, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> okay, so just get out of here. What, you mean Gardner doesn't scare you? Gardner miss you? <laughs> oh, man, the most over – like Gardner like Gardner had a – I think Gardner had a decent season. I think Gardner has a really great brand presence that is overinflating maybe his actual performance of that season. Um, and the fact that he, what, was six-round pick? Six-round pick? Yeah, six-round pick. So you well, no, you go four and twelve every year. You gotta have something to be excited yeah, but about. Like when you have no expectations, right? When you have no one has any expectations for you, you have nothing to do about. Like if Joe Burrow had that season, people would be pissed at Joe Burrow. They'd be like, "What the fuck? You're the number one." Like, can I cuss? By the yeah, way, yeah, cuss. Like, we're, we're cussing okay, again. You were the number one overall pick, and this is like, like he played well at moments, but like he didn't play like. You really want your what your quarterback? He played like a game managing quarterback to me. Anyway, I'm not. They, they, I'm not convinced of Jags at all. I have no idea what they're doing, but they're they've got smart football people that know more about football than I do. So. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Preston, is there anybody that scares you? Um, in the AFC South. AFC South. So we all know it's Baltimore and the Chiefs for the um, AFC. But. I just. You know, Cody, you say that the the Colts defense doesn't scare you, but Madden plays. I they 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 might still have a better defense than we do. I it's not hard. Yeah, so I just <laughs> yeah, I think I think true. the Colts are the biggest uh, divisional. I would actually probably wouldn't be surprised if all three AFC South teams end up with a higher ranked defense than we do. But our offense should be light years better. Mm-hmm. Um, we just we just didn't really make any upgrades of defense in the offseason. Yeah, that's um, concerning to me. I mean, there's two high draft picks, um, but you know, and they they might be impactful by the end of the season, but you know, they've each got to grow, and uh, there wasn't a whole lot of changes anywhere else. You know, it's like it's still JJ and Whitney. Timmy Jernigan, man. I'm telling you, y'all are going to love Timmy Jernigan. I keep yeah. hearing that. I keep hearing You're that. You're going to love Timmy Jernigan. You're going to love Blacklock. Blacklock, my, my, my dude. Literally never met this dude, but he's my dude. Can't okay. wait to, to play him in men. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I think we have, I think we've made some, I think we've made some questionable moves. Like, I don't know why we paid Eric Murray as much as we did, even though I just got done with a rant about talking about looking at contracts. Um, I think Timmy Jernigan's a good a good signing. I think if we have a healthy Roby, like our secondary is actually going to be pretty damn good. Um, Roby on the field, we did really damn well. Um, but I think there are some sneaky good signings. Is what it's Some sneaky good signings that don't get a lot of credit, mostly Timmy Jernigan. No, ultimately our defense is way too much on the health of J.J. Watt. If J.J. Oh, Watt yeah, is healthy, then we, are, then we are more than fine. If J.J. is not healthy, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Tony, I will cut that because Carlos Watkins is good in the run game, and we're about to get eaten alive in it. All right. Um, so just to kind of finish up, I'm going to throw out, because, you know, it is what is – yesterday was May the 4th. Was May Disney, the 4th be with you. Yeah, Disney yeah. was charging everybody to use that, so they did a – I guess the counter thing that it's now Revenge of the Fifth. So, Cody, what's your favorite Star Wars? Anything Star Wars? Um, anything. I mean, anything Star Wars. Anything, like, I'm a huge just nerd. So, the original trilogy, obviously, I really love. As of recently, The Mandalorian. Um, okay. uh, hold on, strange people. Strange people. What is he? Uh, oh. <laughs> For those of you on the podcast, Cody has a lightsaber. It's awesome. But it's like the the three hundred dollar version. So, did you actually get it from Disney, or was that before the coronavirus? I got back from Disney World. Nice. I was in Star Wars Star Wars Park for a very long time. All right, Preston. Um. I'm a big animated fan, so I gotta say Clone Wars. Okay. And it's, and it's just been endless. They've got like seven or eight seasons, and Anakin's a good guy in that show, so it's just like, I don't know. Spoilers? 
Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a 20-year-old, you know. It has, hasn't been going for 20 years. <laughs> it's kind of worse. Uh, yeah, yeah. Darth Vader I know they've got the final season this year. Tomorrow, yeah. Finally. Final or maybe 15. Uh, it might have been 2005 when the third one came out. Man, we are Someone in the chat earlier said, I bet you Sputnik is a Star Trek fan, so I'm going to have to do that real quick. So. <laughs> and Jordan, what about you, man? Um, I find it hard to pick a favorite one, so I'll give you, like, my favorite character of all time. There we go. Um, which is General... Sorry? That works. Yeah, definitely Yeah, works. so my favorite guy was General Grievous. I just thought he was a badass. I just loved that he had, like, four lightsabers when everyone else was just chilling with one. He was a complete badass. Like, I just loved him. I always wanted like his toy growing up. He was really fun. And I'm actually going to answer Tony's thing. Rebels hit so hard. I finally watched that. Dude, like the uh, the end of Rebels. Um, have y'all watched it, Star Wars Rebels? Mm-hmm. I was absolutely surprised because it started off. It wasn't the greatest thing, but the last like season of it, like it it, it hit hard. Um. I don't know if it's better than Clone Wars, but it hit pretty hard. Oh, wait, there's two animated shows? There is. Uh, Rebels was like yeah, a sequel to Clone blown. Wars. Like, they overlap. Like, it's a lot of the same characters. So it's really cool. The uh, The first season seemed real kiddie-ish. Um, like, more kiddie-ish, I guess, than <laughs> cartoons really can be. Like, they toned it down. It wasn't everybody dying on screen all the time, like in Clone Wars. But towards the end of Rebels, like, it, it hits. Yeah, people are still starting to realize that adult cartoons are, like, a big in-demand. Definitely. Speaking of ways, the new Harley Quinn show is pretty, pretty dope. It's kind of out there. Really? Yeah, but then you got to pay for another... Services? Shout out. Dude, I guess I've been living under a rock. you got to pay for another service, and I mean, um, I'm about broke as is, so... I think you can watch this one for free. I, think I don't pay for it. I don't pay for it. At least. Did you just tell it on yourself for breaking the law? No, it might be included with like a. I just bought a new TV, so it might be included with like a smart TV package or some something. But I don't pay for it. So. Okay. Um, well, one of the things that we've tried to do and we always forget to do is having a segment to kind of end the show called Positive Vibes Only, where we try to think of something positive that either the Texans have done. Um, Regardless, like, something through the community or, like, a fan interaction, um, something that through Twitter that you saw that wouldn't have happened other without the Texans, essentially, that's that's the only thing that has to kind of link it together. Like, mine's pretty general. Like, I'm very grateful for the community that we have built around Texans Unfiltered, which would not have happened without us being able to watch the Texans. We get to bond and talk about all sorts of dumb shit, and, and Discord is great, and it would not exist without the Texans. So... Things kind of like on that line, like the sample that I put in the agenda was just talking about how much money has been donated to the COVID relief. Um, I'm not going to try and put anybody in the, on the spot, so if you don't have anything, that's perfectly cool. But, Cody, you got anything you want to kind of shout out? Um, I mean, I was really hoping I wouldn't go first. Um, okay, <laughs> now I am on the spot. Uh, I guess I can be, like, super generic. Um, and maybe it's not generic, but um, – I'm, I'm super thankful for the charity that the Texans have been able to bring, particularly in my case, um, like J.J. Watts' Hurricane Harvey relief. Like, my parents' home was destroyed in Hurricane Harvey. Um, they didn't get helped out from J.J. Watt, but, like, still, it was just, you know, an incredible nice act to see. Um, just all of that was just a real wonderful, welcoming experience thing to see. I don't know. It's just a re- really kind of, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Okay. Uh, Preston, somebody put something up in chat if you want to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, say, I'll, I'll just say that I'm thankful thankful for the Texans media. I won't leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they gave us room to actually, you know, grow. Um, Jordan, you got anything, man? Uh, I really don't, but I think it was... A couple of days ago that uh, Justin Lee got nominated for, like, the Ed Courage Block Award or whatever, or something like that, where it's just, like, where he does a lot of community service. And I know he's, I know there's a lot of guys in Texans who do it, but he's definitely one who stands out above the rest, who um, is always doing his best to help out the community and stuff. So, great, grateful for him. 
Yeah, it's awesome. The Texans have, for COVID relief, they've donated at $1.7 million um, across all the people that are affiliated oh, with wow. Texans. So, it, I mean, they're out there trying to put their money where their mouth is. And I think JJ just donated 350 to the food bank. Of course, A's, but what's up? I was going to say that um, in that line, Bill O'Brien donated more than the entire Bill's organization did. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Bill he's O'Brien an himself you know, donated he's just, he's 100000 or 300000 It was either one of those, um, but he donated a six-figure donation towards COVID, and uh, the Bills put up like ten or to 20000 Not that we should be penny-watching anyone donating money. I'm just I know, sure. right? I, definitely, I haven't donated $10,000, so... I'll throw in one additional thing that uh, one fortuitous outcome of our uh, of this landscape that we've been in for the past six weeks is that we've been fortunate to be able to get some really cool interviews with um, players and uh, supporting figures in the in football that are generally very busy. Um, so that's helped us all. Um, grow and do do some really cool stuff. So yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Preston, how about you get on us making a drop for this? No, I'm just kidding. You don't really have to. <laughs> um, but I want to thank everybody for coming on. Um, it was kind of a thrown together show. Uh, again, James got to you know celebrate his anniversary, so he's hopefully having a very good night. Uh, me and James will be back on Thursday, and we'll do a live stream again to go over the uh, the newly released schedule. Minus any international games, because the NFL has cut those out. Um, Jordan, do you want to tell everybody where to find you? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Texans underscore thoughts. Much appreciated. Um, Cody, do you want to shout anything out, or you're Don't just going to be like, yeah. you're good? Same with Don't you, Preston. Don't find me. I'm good. <laughs> you know, either one of y'all could have like chilled out, because you just gave us a lecture about not pushing our stuff and said, hey, why don't you visit the website at texansunfiltered.com? Oh, hey, why don't you visit the website at www.texansunfiltered.com where you can see, where you can read all wonderful content and articles written by Jordan Texan Thoughts. And also, my friend Dylan Texan Graph. There's a lot of great uh, original content there. Be sure to check it out. We're publishing lots of stuff all the time. Um, it's really cool. You should check it out. There we go. All right, y'all, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time. Word. Well, again, Sweet. seriously, thanks, y'all. pretty well. Yeah, don't worry. Sorry for being late. I, like, totally – I was I – li- I should have checked my email. I just didn't check my <laughs> email. So sorry. Yeah, I wonder what happened to Dylan. I thought he was going to join. Um, I wonder if yeah, he's, he's in he's in college. You know, sometimes yeah. it could be his morning for all I know. Um, all right. Well, again, thanks, y'all. We're gonna do something again on Thursday. Um, I'm always cool if anybody wants to hop in during the jo- during the uh, show. But if you want to just join the chat, definitely please do. Yeah, I'll join chat. Yeah. I'll end up doing that so that way I can make y'all look giggle and. Forget what you're talking about. Yeah. Everybody did great, I think. I mean, I never host, so I probably could have done better, but y'all did great. great. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. Thank y'all for coming on and try and stay safe out there. And we'll Same to y'all. Y'all have a great, uh, great night and stay safe. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod and everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.texansunfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.